Friday Night Lights aired on NBC on October 3rd, 2006. This is its 10-year anniversary. Let's put 43 minutes on the clock. Pilot study, Chris and Grimes. They're talking all of your favorite shows. But only the pilot episode. That means the first show, in case you didn't know. Well, you never know what show they're going to talk about. But they're only going to talk about the first one. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study. Hello and welcome to Pilot Study. My name is Chris Lantina and I am your host and I'm joined by two others today. First off, you know him, you love him, he's twice the player you ever were. It's Grimes. Welcome, Grimes. Good evening. You are the Tim Riggins of this podcast, a.k.a. Yeah. AKA the uncertified bad boy. Uh, (laughs) coming up next she is the host of misaligned she's the nation's packers fan who lives in california for some reason and (laughs) and she's gonna tell us if the formations they ran were actually right it's deanna chapman welcome deanna thanks chris and thanks grimes for having me on we we only we only know fantasy football so we need some real live football knowledge for this very important episode (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Uh, So today we are talking, of course, about Friday Night Lights, and we are inducting our second ever pilot episode into the Pilot Study Hall of Fame. Friday joins Lost as our only Hall of Fame entries and our first Hall of Fame show where someone repeatedly utters the phrase, his and hers closets. So that's a first. (laughs) That's a first. (laughs) Uh, Deanna, let's start with you real quick. Were you a Friday Night Lights watcher at the beginning, later binger? Where do you find yourself attached to, or did you find yourself attached to it at the very beginning, um, Netflix? And when you rewatched it, what what jumped out at you? I definitely was late to the game on this one because, let's see, in 2006, I was in eighth grade. And I don't think I was really, you know, in tune with the new shows and everything just yet. I was kind of still watching, you know, all the stuff that was on CBS and what have you, just because that's what my parents watched. And so I definitely did the binge watching with this later. And when I went back and watched it yesterday, I was like, wow, I forgot how different these characters were at the start of the show than they turned out to be later in the show. And whether that's, you know, the ones who stayed or the ones who kind of came and went as the show went on because the show was what five seasons. So that spans a little more than high school. So, you know, obviously there's going to be some turnover on the actors and, you know, new players coming in and what have you, especially with the show that centers around football so much. And what I also didn't remember was how kind of grainy some of the scenes looked. I don't know if that's because they were trying to really make you feel this, small town Texas vibe and you know it wasn't all football and bright HD colors that we have now and everything yeah it's it's certainly I'll talk more so about how they filmed it here in a little bit but it's certain they're certainly aiming for a documentary feel right Um, there's this great shot in the football game where the camera is like moving along the sidelines and kind of like moving behind coaches and players and like just getting like little peaks at the right. actual play that's in progress. So it's a very lived in feel. It's very much like you are um, 
taking the eyes of several of the players in that scenario and in some of like the diner scenes and things like that. Grimes, this wasn't something um, this wasn't something you found yourself watching as it was going on, and this is the first time you've ever watched it. So was this during right. was this during army time? Did you just not want football in your shows? What did you think on your first watch, and why do you think you missed it the first time? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, this was post-Army, but I think I really enjoyed the movie, um, and I felt maybe I'm too old to be watching a show about high school kids having <laughs> just finished the OC a couple years prior. Um, but no, I just think I didn't. Uh, I wasn't into TV as much until the late um, aughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I just missed it. And yeah, this was my first viewing today. And I really liked it, but when we when we do Hall of Fame, I have to get your approval. You and do. You were you were a little wishy-washy until the Jason Street injury scene and then That's you right. you finally gave the vote. So, we'll have to talk about that scene in particular <laughs> and why it made you why it made you switch, but this was I pitched this for the Hall of Fame, so I feel like I have to really specify why I think it's worthy. Like I want it to actually be an honor within our show's structure, and I feel like I have to at least defend my choice a little bit. So here's here's my case. I've got three main points. One, the big football scenes look really, really good. It's probably one of the better depictions of high school sports I've ever seen on the small screen. Sports can be like an absolute disaster on television. Just look at like <laughs> One Tree Hill for an example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basketball's look... hard anyway. But Basketball yeah. is so hard. I think football is even more difficult because there's more people. You have to choreograph it more. There's more fans. It's outdoors. Like there's a lot that you have to really take into account for when you're doing like an outdoor sport like that. Like I never doubted for a second that this was a packed stadium. And I, I think some of the plays are a little stilted. Uh, these guys, except for Matt Saracen's truly terrible arm strength in that one practice throw, <laughs> uh, these, <laughs> these guys look like they could play football. Uh, I think it. I think it also points to a very specific point in football history that we should remember. It's like right before the concussion epidemic. It's kind of like on the edge of. It's still on the edge of danger, given that we have the street injury. But I think it was right before like the concussion thing really shot out. And became yeah. this big thing. Like in ten years, we may look back on this as like the last pure expression of football love because we like we have to feel slightly dirty watching football now, knowing that these guys can like yeah. barely walk yeah. when they're older. So this is like pure football love, and I think maybe one of the last pure expressions. And that third one, I is what I mentioned before was that documentary style three camera setup. It feels real, like very few shows did at this time. The camera never stops moving. It was just like a different, um, a different view to take on the small screen, and they did it in such a big way that I feel like this is like a really special pilot because of the execution and I think because of the emotions they build up to. So Deanna, kind of, kind of getting into this episode, what, why don't you, why don't you just break down a little bit of the plot and where we enter the story at? Right. So, well, first to me, it was interesting that there was like no opener for this and it kind of just started right yeah. away with Monday mm-hmm. in a radio broadcast. Yeah. So only, basically only, this... only episode without the uh, like kind of copy explosions in the sky intro song, which that band <laughs> didn't actually do. Right, right. And so we start with Monday and basically the show is setting up for this big Friday night game. And, you know, they fairly quickly take you through, 
Monday through Thursday. And I noticed, especially on Thursday, it was a pretty short take for Thursday. And it was just kind of showing how almost like a quiet before the storm on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And basically we get to see what the players lives are like Monday through Friday leading up to a game. And, you know, you have the get together at the car lot, which just opened or will be opening. And, you know, you have the mayor cornering Jason street (laughs) and, you know, which I thought was, you know, kind of one of my favorite scenes. And she like just throws in a black Sabbath mention in there. (laughs) And I was like, okay, okay. I totally forgot about this, but I really like it. (laughs) And basically we kind of get little introductions to each of the main characters or main football players even. So, you know, we get a look at coach Taylor and his family because he's the new guy on the block and he's coming here and he's the head coach for the first time. And then, you know, we're introduced to Tim Riggins and how he basically is surrounded by beer bottles. All <laughs> yeah, the time, yes. At all his his <laughs> lifestyle is definitely the bad boy mentality and everything. And you know, from there, you know, we get Jason Street, Matt Saracen, Landry, girlfriends, what have you. So it's kind of giving us all these little glimpses into each of their lives and kind of where they're coming from. And I think while it's a lot to take in, it's really good setup for these people. Because then we can immediately see how they start to progress and how they start to change. And I mean, obviously, with this taking place in high school, that's something that's going to happen. It's high school. That's kind of what it's for. You know, you come in as a little freshman and by the time you leave, it's you're probably a completely different person, even though you might still, you know, like the same things and still play sports and what have you. Right. Uh, Grimes, I'm going to let you get in here in just one second, but I, do, I, have, I have one more fourth point of why I think this is a Hall of Fame show in that, you know, a lot of these characters are played as stereotypes. Tim Riggins, like we said, is surrounded by more beer cans than any high schooler could ever drink in his life. Re- in reality, it'd be like three, <laughs> and like one, right. the last one would be right. like half, half full. <laughs> we get, you know, Matt Saracen, whose house is like probably more run down than it should be. Like he's playing on like the tetanus of he's throwing the football through the little rubber tire on like tetanus central. And so we really get exaggerated stereotypes of all these characters smashes over cocky. But I think the whole show is really about the deconstruction of like heroes and, and how these, how, how these kids basically are struggle against any, any kind of shortcomings because they've lived such a godlike status up until that point. And I think it's basically the, the teardown of, high school football gods and so they have to start at like this amazing like perfect spot this stereotypical spot for them all to undergo like serious change but grimes i want to know first watch who is the character that just jumps out at you you want more of them they crush the episode for you who's your guy or girl i don't want to be sexist my guy is um coach taylor because i you know I'm always looking for that father figure, so it's right <laughs> up my alley. Um, I'll tell you what I just wanted less of the entire time, and I felt a pit in my stomach, was that fucking sicko Todd from Breaking Bad. <laughs> because that oh, shit scarred me. Like, seeing him as that character, I can never watch him act in anything else. It's ruined me. Yeah, but what about his wolf shirt? 
<laughs> Any this just seeing his face makes me oh, it just makes me sick. I hate it. But did he do did he do two like serial killer role or not serial killer but like really like evil guy roles in a row? It was Breaking Bad. Didn't he have one more where he was like really scummy? I have no idea, but it's oh. just forever burnt into my brain. <laughs> this guy's bad. I can't look at him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wasn't he in Fargo? He wasn't Fargo, but he played like a butcher who like stumbled into trouble. You're a weirdo, though. That's not like a normal thing to be. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of like what was the Johnny Depp movie where like he's the gangster, he's like a Boston guy. What the fuck's that movie called? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but he, he Landry plays like a criminal in that, so I think maybe that's what I was thinking of too. So go on. Sorry, I interrupted you. So anyway, um, yeah, I like the coach a lot. I like the quarterback. I like Smash. I mean, the characters were well drawn out, like you said, a little bit stereotypical on purpose. Um, but yeah, my only real knock or negative against this entire pilot was Todd. Um, <laughs> there was a moment where uh coach taylor had to stop and talk to his wise black friend and get that wisdom that people like in their corny stuff i thought yeah. that was a little bit like uh like the, the, but the, the, again the i don't know scout. the show the secret scout you're right um <laughs> but i'm judging this solely on the quality of this pilot and that is why i feel that it's hall of fame caliber i'm not going to get into like what happens so okay i liked it first off kyle chandler buffalo born Got to give uh-huh. got to give mad ups to Kyle Chandler as Coach Taylor for being you know at eleven he did move to Illinois and I'm I'm pretty pissed about that and he's probably a Bears fan so I'm I am a little upset about that but you know of course he's great in this role and the relationship between him and Tammy Taylor AKA Connie Britton is great in this movie you know I'm wondering like what is Kyle Chandler's like next move because I, I just I like to imagine that kind of stuff like he he was in Zero Dark Thirty he was in Argo he was in Wolf of Wall Street but they're all like very supporting roles he was he wasted some time on Bloodline which kind of just flamed out and I guess was really expensive so I don't know Deanna what do you think is what would be your like ideal Kyle Chandler career path because he's like one of my acting gods and I would really like him to get the the press and the love he deserves yeah I think he kind of really needs another dad role almost because, you know, in this throughout, you know, the, the seasons we get him as a football coach, but then we also get him as a dad. And I think him as a dad was so hilarious at times that I feel like that's kind of a role he could almost expand on a little more. He plays he plays quietly frustrated really really well with his teenage yes. daughter several times throughout the series. Yeah, uh, um, I had one more thing to say about him. Uh, maybe he's just destined for like supporting pop ups and things like that. He was also like a dad in Super Eight, so he has like gotten like the secondary dad role. He was just in like a lot of like he'd be in the Oscar winning movie but he wasn't like any of the main parts. So he didn't really get like a big push out of it. You know, I just, right. I, I hope he rebounds from bloodline. Cause I know, I, I just don't think people are really digging that show. And I know it's going to end after season three. So I don't know, maybe after that, he'll get a few more of these uh, prestige pick. He was also in Carol. So there's another Oscar one where he was just kind of like on the fringes, but well, let's get back to the episode here. So, you know, obviously Matt Saracen's a really, really interesting character. First of all, First off, do any of us think Matt Saracen could legitimately play quarterback for the number one high school team in the nation? <laughs> <laughs> I think him throwing the ball off the football player's helmet is a good example of <laughs> That's the ex- what it looked like. kind of quarterback he would be. 
He's short. He looks like he has never bench pressed in his entire life. And judging by the tire scene, he's not very accurate. No. Right. <laughs> uh, so how is he their backup quarterback then? That's their second line. Are they just that confident in Jason Street? I think so. Hmm. Yeah. What, what about do, who do you think is just like who do you think had like the best um, like looked to be the best football player like natural athlete? Mm, probably Smash. Smash was pretty good. What do you think, Deanna? Yeah, I think I would have to agree with that because he kind of just really embodied the cockiness that football players can have, especially when you are you know the star running back of a team and it was actually kind of similar. My freshman year of high school, we had a running back who was, you know, the best player on the team and he got a full ride to UCLA. He spent some time in the NFL recently and he was just kind of like the team's go-to guy to get points. Mm -hmm. And I feel like smash really played that character. Well, and I feel like he was the right build for a running back too. Like he wasn't one of those super big guys. He was like, I don't want to say stout because, you know, he was slimmed down more than some running backs are, especially if you're me and you're a Packers fan and you saw Eddie Lacy last season. So, LeGarrette <laughs> uh, Blount. He's not a LeGarrette Blount, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely kind of fit into that running back role really well. I think I think um, Tim Riggins was like a hockey player because he's a Canadian, so I, I think <laughs> he played a lot of hockey growing up, and I think he has like pretty good footwork. It seems like he also wears the um, I don't know if they do it anymore, but he wears like the full back like neck thing. Yeah, that big thing going up your whole neck. I use every yeah. time every time I would build a character in like Madden or whatever, I would always opt for the neck thing. I just think nice. it looks so badass. So I, I, <laughs> I dug that. I think Smash is pretty good. He's got like the build of like a Todd Gurley. I think he's like, he's yeah, thin, but he's strong. He, he looks like a football player, though. Yeah. And I mean, we also have to keep in mind that what a football player looks like in high school probably right. won't be what they look like yeah, if they make yeah. it to the NFL, <laughs> especially uh, if they go to, you know, one of these great football c- colleges. Did you guys catch any of the songs in this pilot? I caught a little gym class heroes at one point. No, I was just trying to figure out if it was explosions in the sky at all or if it was all copies or like half copies because some of the copies sounded really good. Well, explosions in the sky, (laughs) of course, did the um, of course, yeah, did the score for the movie. But I was looking at the AV club and they said that uh, the guitarist said um, they asked us for one of our songs for the theme. And we said, no way. Boy, were we dummies. Uh, we got a few. Yeah, chuckles. you always say yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> we got a few chuckles when we heard the theme song they used. They ask you for something and you say no, and they'll just rip it off. So basically, <laughs> they, and you get uh, nothing. Yeah, they they got nothing, and then they just got ripped off by whoever the composer was, who I have here somewhere. We, we should do some of the specs here. Directed by Peter Berg, uh, he directed Lone Survivor. He did the Friday Night Lights film, Hancock, a whole bunch of other movies. Written by Berg based off the famous Buzz Bissinger book, of course. Uh, shot by a guy named David Boyd, who would end up shooting 18 episodes between 2006 and seven. So I would assume just a whole bunch from that first season. And the music was composed by W.G. Snuffy Walden, who did all, okay. all 87 episodes and who is the copycat 
that we speak of. And he's had I've a, seen he's, that name before, though. Yeah, he's had a super long career in TV. I can't. Like, he's got so many shows under his belt. It's crazy, but he's been around a while. Uh, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw a couple of random questions out to you guys. Uh, so first up, <laughs> how funny is it that they have Matt Saracen digging through the trash? That scene cracked me up so bad. I like that. <laughs> Is, yeah, that was that was pretty funny and pretty accurate to, you know, so how some of the them think of yeah, how they think <laughs> right. of him as a football player. Deanna puts is him the, in his place for the audience. Is that also a Mac Brown cameo in this episode? One of the guys that's like really hitting him at the Buddy Garrity um like uh, car car place opening. I think that's Mac Brown that's It was to somebody him. I recognized, but I was gonna I figured you would know that. Yeah, I did not catch that at all. With somebody though. That that conversation is great because like it starts out very like innocent in that like, oh you gotta you know, you gotta play good defense, but then it gets like more and more intense as they start doing those quick cuts to everybody where like Riggins right. Riggins is about to sleep with <laughs> whoever that woman, that old woman is. And <laughs> yeah. Jason Street's getting abused and like uh once whenever we cut back to the coach, like by the end they're like, You gotta win a championship basically or you're out is kind of what they're saying uh that right. and like all those guys holding their rings up all their championship yeah. rings up when buddy garrity's talking is of course a great scene um uh grimes any other what are some other good scenes that you want to bring up that we can uh push some conversation off of well as you alluded to earlier i um had enough of the his and her closets <laughs> They always have to make it like the wife wants to escape, but the husband, he just, this career is calling to him. They must stay. It's a, She's it's like a, talking about Alaska or something. and It's a weird scene because like their relationship develops to such a deeper level than that. And like they truly are one of the greatest couples in history. But it is a pilot. So, it it is know. a pilot. And like I was looking through the oral history and if I can find the clip, it's Britain talking about... Oh, she said, it really, it really was a leap of faith, initially because I only had three scenes in the pilot script. So I remember even going into the pilot and saying, okay, Pete, just so we're clear, what's here on the page in the pilot? That's not what we're talking about, right? And she's um, talking about how Berg convinced her that Tammy Taylor was going to be a full character and that she's not there in the pilot, but she'll emerge. And she does, so he didn't lie. But it certainly wasn't a good start to that relationship. I don't know. Deanna, what did you think about like her role in the pilot? Was it just like too jam-packed already, or should she have had at least something substantial? I think with the way they started it with, you know, Coach Taylor being the new guy in town, of course all of the focus was going to be on him and she would kind of just be pushed off as the coach's wife, sort of. And I think we really see that when the other wives come up to her at the car dealership and they're like, Oh, you should join us for a book club and blah, blah, blah. And we can gossip. And she was just like, Oh dear God. <laughs> yeah. She, she does get, you know, that is a good scene. She does get that. And you do kind of like, you're able to pick up that she's not like a typical housewife. She has other desires and aims. And yeah, that's a, I think that's a really good, that's a good one to bring up because I think I'm a little too hard on her characterization in this one. Um, Grimes, throw out another scene here. Um, I like how in a lot of football, well, any TV or movie really about football, when they show the other coach that you're not rooting for, they're always so <laughs> flustered. Like they just look like they've never coached in a game ever. Um, so they, they held that, um, you, in here. And I, 
did you have I'll a con- you had a conspiracy as well you said you have a theory or a conspiracy about this episode that i want to hear oh no i not so much a a conspiracy but my as i was watching this i kept forgetting that it was tv it felt like how remember when they made all those shitty hulk movies like right in a row like banna norton <laughs> ruffalo okay. like this seemed like a really good remake of the movie that they just made too soon. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you the think- acting was slightly different, the plot and like a couple details were different enough. But I think this just, it was good. That's why I liked it so much. I just thought it was, that's what it reminded me of. Hmm. Deanna, what, what are some other parts of this pilot you want to talk about? I think one of the funnier scenes for me, we mentioned earlier when Matt Saracen was throwing the football through the tire, trying to anyway, and then Landry makes the comment about wanting to start a Christian speed metal band, (laughs) and Matt Saracen's grandma is like, I think you need new friends. (laughs) I thought that was just a hilarious moment. Yeah, Landry has a couple good lines, and I like their relationship. Like, I like like that Landry like pushes him to talk to Julie, even though she doesn't talk to football players, even though he's a huge loser. I like that. I like that they can have like that passive aggressive fight in the car. And it seems very friendly. Like there are some very sweet moments between them. Another really, a really important moment to me about this pilot. And again, why I think it's so good is, you know, the, the scene where they're playing with the kids before Friday rolls around. And, you know, you just see that, again, these guys are these huge role models for the community. And it, and it's part of what makes it so important for the town and what makes that scene with the kids so important. Like, you need that. You need you can't just see them as endless pits of um, machoism, you know. Right. right. The guys see their place as role models in this way, and it gives them a little bit of humanity before they are about to go get the snot kicked out of them you know, on the field. So it's, you know, street giving the speech to the kid and ending with let's pray. Like that is a great, it's basically like a moment right before they get back to like the manly man kind of characterization that these guys really are saddled with in the pilot. But you really need that scene to just tone it down for a second and just like, let these guys be like actual kids who would be heroes like, if you were a hero in high school, you, I don't know, I feel like you'd want to do, there'd be people like Smash, but then there'd also be people like Street who want to do, like, things with kids and, like, feel important and all that stuff. I just love that scene so much. Yeah, and, you know, it's the same, like, with the NFL players. Some of them get, like, five minutes on ESPN before the game about something nice they did, and some of them are, like, murderers. So it spans <laughs> the spectrum. And I think along that point of showing them to be kids, one thing, I think there was a missed opportunity in this pilot, and that's um, showing high school students as students at all. Unless I missed something, they were not in a classroom once. The closest they got was the locker room. You could have at least done, like, a scene in there even talking about football. Yeah, I mean, Uh, even if it's just, like, them not paying attention or, like, reading reading their playbook in class, like, you got to have something to, like, remind us. I just kept waiting for that school scene, and I was like, well, wait till next week. (laughs) Yeah, and the... I don't know, Deanna, refresh my memory, like, they don't spend a lot of time in class at all. No, I think, you know, once they split up the team later on and it becomes you know focused on the two schools Mm -hmm. i think we get some more school scenes there because then tammy taylor's involved in the school more too so it's kind of like you know with 
Eric being the coach and her being whatever she is, a counselor or something, I think, is what she ends up doing there. They themselves have more scenes together at the school, too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. as we see the characters more. And what's funny was I was thinking about that for this episode, too, because really the only mention we even get of class is when Landry and Matt walk up to Julie and they're like, mm, we're right. in your English class. That's oh, yeah. the only yeah, hint of school we get at all. And <laughs> she, Julie just does not care. No, she doesn't give a shit. She's reading, <laughs> she's too busy reading Moby Dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get that. And really the only time school comes into play from what I remember in this first season is like when a football player can't play because school is holding them back in some way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like right. that, that is always how it comes up, always. Um, did you guys think it was weird that none of the main characters scored either of the first two touchdowns? Like you, I didn't you, notice that. You set up these characters, and then the first one is to a guy named Eugene Williams, because I actually right. wrote, I wrote it down after <laughs> like announcing it. And the second Eugene. one is to like <laughs> some other random wide receiver. Smash doesn't score until like the second quarter. Uh, same thing with Riggins. Uh, Street obviously has a passing touchdown, but the guys that get into the end zone are not like main characters. I thought that was. I don't know if that was a good choice or a bad choice. I guess they're saving the other guys for the big moments at the end. Probably, yeah. And I think the thing is, you know, none of the main characters are wide receivers. So if you throw That's the strange, ball, right? yeah, yeah, chances are it's, it's going to be to someone we're not paying attention to because we're focused on, you know, the two quarterbacks the fullback and the running back. And that's it really right now. And we don't really get any of these, you know, named wide receivers really. And it's like, uh, you guys know you throw the ball a lot in football, right? So also, also nobody on defense. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. They just didn't show any defensive plays at all. <laughs> and it's weird because the movie has a great storyline for the middle linebacker. I think his name's Ivory Christian, if I'm remembering correctly. Like he has a great, great storyline in both the book and the movie. And the linebacker is like a very cinematic position because you're calling out the plays, you are calling adjustments, you're always in motion and always, you know, in action. It's not like you're like a nose tackle or some shit. So I'm surprised like one of them isn't the linebacker. And also I think like you know, part of this conversation is how football has changed. And I, I actually do have some like peewee stats about how the numbers have gone down. But like part of it is NFL teams and like college teams, I don't think they utilize the fullback as much as they used to. Like, so now would Riggins and Smash, if they kick this off again now, would Riggins and Smash be like a running back by committee type of situation? Or, yeah, or a receiver, probably one of them. Yeah, or would Riggins be like a tight end? Like tight ends have increased in popularity because of Gronk and Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez and all these guys. But when's the last time besides like Mike, what was his name? Oslo. Who's that guy from Tampa Bay, Deanna? Allstott. Allstott. Mike Allstott. Yeah. 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 That was the last like big fullback famous guy. Yeah. That's it. And then, I mean, we, we've had big running backs, but like when a team has like a regular fullback, it's always kind of like a little strange. I don't know. Do you, Weird, yeah. If, if we had to resituate it, Deanna, what do you think, what positions do you think these guys are playing? Like what are the um, like cinematic positions to you in I like th- a football movie or show? Right. I think the way they wrote Smash and Tim Riggins, it's like Riggins hates Smash so much. So I think 
if we redid this now, Riggins would be the number two running back to smash mm. because it is very common, you know, especially in the NFL to have alternating running backs. I know the Packers did this a lot when Eddie Lacy wasn't playing well last season. They kept putting James Starks in because UB. he's a different kind. Yeah, he's a different kind of running back. So I think they would play on that and then that would be the reason Riggins hated smash. Yeah, that's, I think either that or the either that or the tight end. It's got to be one of the two because obviously he's like they're playing him up as like a big physical body because if he's like the badass, yeah. he can't be like he can't be a wide receiver or he couldn't be yeah, a, he's, a cornerback or or the center. yeah he's not really <laughs> lanky enough to kind of be a wide receiver. Not that they're all super lanky, but typically you know they're the taller guys who can really jump and go up and grab the ball. Well, let's get into like the football, the staging of the football game itself, because obviously that's one of the big reasons I think this is so this is so impressive. Deanna, why don't right. you do you have anything further just to say about the game? Anything you notice? Like, obviously, it's like a last second thing, and I, I think Grimes probably has something to say about like last second victories like this. But uh, what do you think about like the formations and things like that? I think the main thing I noticed that drove me crazy was the fact that the opposing team ran so many counters and it's like no one would run that many <laughs> in one game it's like every play they showed for the opposing team they were doing that and i'm like you guys okay i'm sorry how you do you not see this now <laughs> catch me up on like what exact because of course they said it like five times what exactly is a counter so basically what they were doing is they were lining up two or three guys in the backfield with the quarterback and he would pretend to hand it off to one guy, turn around, pretend to hand it off to another guy. And then the third time he would actually hand it mm -hmm. off to someone. So they just had players running in opposite directions until one of them ended up with the ball basically. So it was kind of like, kind of like early wild uh, dolphins, wildcat type of shit. Right. And I feel like more often than not, when those plays are actually run, the players get smashed in the backfield because, you know, <laughs> the defense has time to get back there. If you're having two or three people run by the quarterback without them taking the ball. So I was just like, okay, come on guys. And it's like, they kept doing that over and over again and they kept being successful at it, which I thought that was the only part that was kind of really unrealistic. And the fact that high school kids were running it that well, I was like, mm, I don't, I don't really see this happening, but the way the Panthers played football, very right. The Dylan Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Dylan Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was way more realistic to what high school football looks, looks like. Mm -hmm. uh, Grimes, what did you think? Did you, did you think it was kind of a <clears throat> cop out that they won the game and that Saracen had like, he, th he throws like a Hail Mary, right? I think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought. A, do you think that was a cop out at all, or do you think like do you? Because I don't know, like for dramatics, if he would have lost that game, and they go into the next game zero and one, I feel like that would have certainly like ratcheted up the tension for like the next one being a must win. I I think with sports movies for a broad or sports anything for a broad audience you know there are certain things that are going to happen. Some major player is going to get hurt. There's going to be some kind of last second, either victory or loss. Um, you know, like, 
They did it well, though, and I think the only cop-out was I probably wouldn't have had him turn into Tom Brady all of a sudden. <laughs> like, he, I probably would have had Smash or, like you said, one of the other main characters who hadn't really had much football action, like game action. Uh, maybe one of them scores. But mm. having said that, I don't think it was too much of a cop-out because then it, it right away, then you start rooting for Matt. You're like, oh, good. He's like, good. They're not going to make him shitty and... You know, you want people to keep watching. I think that's part of it, too. Uh, so I, I didn't think it was that bad. But I, he did throw, like, a freaking Tom Brady-esque spiral <laughs> 60 yards in the air. Um, <laughs> well, and it is, like, it is a nice role reversal from the movie where they fall, like, though they, they fall, like, one yard short or something, right, in the movie? Yeah, and in the movie, uh, it was the running back who got hurt uh, instead of the quarterback. Uh, you all want to win, put booby in. That's all, so. that's, that's, all, that's all I remember. Um, Peter Berg said people weren't reacting to the football. It was expensive, but people weren't reacting to it. How many 40-yard bombs can you throw? It was probably the least interesting part of the show. Watching Buddy Garrity try to stay sober and get a Jumbotron named after him was much more interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't get a lot of kids coming up to me to say, oh, the football rocks. <laughs> the show will be remembered more, more as one about a marriage than one about football. So I think obviously throughout the series they in smartly move away from like extended High school 20, football yeah 20 <laughs> 20 minute football scenes it becomes more yeah. like the wire with football scenes at the end <laughs> that's what it really becomes which is interesting um i do have some more oral history stuff before we get too late into the episode uh tim riggins when he uh taylor kitsch when he auditioned he brought in a cooler and had a big black blanket behind him, and he found, like, Texas beer, Lone Star beer, and that's how he sent his audition in from Canada. And <laughs> he kept referring to himself as Rig, so he got a pretty good audition there. Um, Kyle Chandler was in a show called Early Edition before this, so Peter Berg thought he was, like, too much of a pretty boy to be a Austin football coach or a Texas football coach. So this is Berg talking about meeting Chandler for the first time. He rode up on a motorcycle. He'd been drinking for two days with his buddies. He had a beard and bags under his eyes. He was clearly hung over as shit. I was really <laughs> surprised because I remembered him as this fresh-faced, boyish, charming young man. And he was looking like one of the Baldwin brothers after a hard weekend. So he came to the audition really hung over, and that's basically how he got the job. So that's a, a couple of neat audition stories. There's a lot more. The oral history is on Grantland for anybody that's interested. I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, they talk about the three-camera setup and how Berg um, started that in the pilots and how they kind of had these, like, camera ninjas that were, like, running around and kind of getting different angles. And they would just, like, keep going with the scene until they'd started over. They wouldn't cut. They would just kind of keep going until they had the footage that they wanted. Um Apparently, there was a previous show inspired by the Friday Night Lights book. It was called Against the Grain, where they said QB1 was Ben Affleck. So that would be a really interesting one to find. we got to dig that beast up. Yeah, that was crazy. And Peter Berg also shepherded that series. And he said he wanted to build up this crazy, successful QB and then demolish him. Excuse me, for this series, he wanted to build up a crazy, successful quarterback and then demolish him. In episode one so let's talk about that demolishing uh deanna what do you think makes the street moment so emotional even 
I mean, I wasn't like tearing up or anything, but it still hits hard, even though I've seen it and I knew it was coming and I knew exactly what the play was going to look like. I mean, how, what do you think they do cinematically to to make that moment hit? No pun intended. <laughs> right. And I think they did a really great job of making it feel extremely realistic because when, you know, someone throws an interception, typically the quarterback is going to be your last line of defense to keep that person from scoring. Or if it's, you know, a punter and the punt returner gets all the way past everyone else except for the punter, you know, those are the guys who aren't built to tackle people. Right. And he doesn't have the right, I I believe later in the series, they talk about how he doesn't have the right form. And right. Coach Taylor feels bad because he didn't teach him the right form. And there's like this whole thing about how he just didn't know how to tackle. Yeah. And he kind of just went flying in the air at the guy instead of sort of staying on the ground and running into him. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what ended up making the injury as bad as it did, because not only did he go flying in the air to hit the guy, he was still in the air then when he came back down and hit the ground as hard as he did. Well, and I love that it's not that he's getting sacked and he's getting hurt. It's right. Oh, uh, you know what it is, is that he, they, uh, it's a lawsuit against coach Taylor in a few episodes about that situation, about them not teaching him to tackle. So that's what mm-hmm. happens, but, uh, we don't do too many spoilers. That's not really a spoiler. Um, but the show has been off the air for five years. Right. So. <laughs> but what's really great is that he doesn't, it is not like a sack. It's not like, He's running with the ball like he doesn't have to tackle him. He's just being a team player. And it's it's great that the injury occurred on like a a play of self-sacrifice. Like in that you learn so much about him as a character that he'll carry on throughout the series in his moment of injury. Like if he would have got sacked, like he couldn't have stopped that. So right. what's the point? You know, some big guy landed on him. But instead he like he wants to he knows he made a mistake and he wants to take this guy down. And I think that means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I don't know. What else do we have to talk about? We got a couple minutes here. Did we really need the uh, spinal like surgery scene? I say no, no, that was (laughs) nasty. I hate shit like that. It was, I did like that. They were cutting back and forth um, between him getting the helmet cut off, but I didn't think they needed to go like to the surgery level. Uh, right. I thought there there was one part of the football that seemed a little un like not unrealistic but a little stilted was like Matt would be running in slow motion and they would cut to like Landry and his grandma and they'd be talking like normal speed. And then <laughs> right. They would go back to Matt and he'd be, slow, he'd be slow motion again. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is so weird looking. So that was definitely like something that I just did not love. Um, Lyle Garrity is a great crier. I'll throw that out there. Um, oh, the girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. She's a really good crier. I love that when Smash gets tackled in like the backfield, Coach Taylor goes, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was great. Right. I, I love that line. Uh, yeah, and sh- in this ahead. episode, we get two lines that kind of stick with the show all the way until the end of it. It's in the halftime scene when they're in the locker room, they get the clear eyes, full hearts, right. can't lose. And then Riggins gives his Texas forever speech. Yeah, we get both of the, basically the main lines. And I, I think, right. I think, um, 
I think this is the only time in the series, and I may be mistaken, but I think it is, where he says the whole clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose, and then they repeat it after him. I think right. usually he doesn't he say the first two, and then they say the last one. I, I think. think they just yell can't lose. Yeah, I think, I, yeah. I think he goes clear, uh, clear eyes, full hearts, and they say can't lose, but he says the whole right. thing, and then they repeat it after him in this episode. So that is a little bit of a difference. What um, what percentage but, of high school seniors um, in Texas football from 06 to 11 do you think got Texas Forever <laughs> tattooed across their shoulders? You know, oh, say like 80 percent. So many. There's <laughs> whoever is taking tattoos off um, in in that in that scene in that area is just making bank right now. It's like yes, another Texas Forever. <laughs> this guy had a full Coach Taylor face tattooed on his back. I, did, I had to take the whole thing off. Uh, yeah, um, I have uh, the Landry shirt note with the wolves. We already talked about that. Um, Riggins like wasted at that first practice and just getting like the shit kicked out of him. Did that ring as like a little violent for anybody? I'm surprised it went on for as long as it did. Everybody <laughs> it on hardcore. the team basically smashed him. <laughs> like not, yeah, and I like, think they showed smash a few times. Yeah, well, he was yeah. like making fun of him during it, and then yeah, he got a couple hits in as well. Like again, that could be that would be a scene where, with the concussion thing today, I don't know if you, I don't know if you go that long with it. I think you just show him getting hit once, and then coach pulling him out or something. Yeah, right. that could be something like we're not talking like he gets injured. Like people are like dying on the field in high school and shit. So you don't want to like conjure up any, I guess, scenes that would make you think of death. And like he looked like he was gonna die in those scenes, so that was yeah. I think that would be one that might be changed. So uh, Matt Saracen gets the first uh, character introduction, which I thought was nice because he obviously has a big role going forward. Any other notes from any final notes in our second Hall of Fame episode, Deanna? I'll let you go first. I think we covered everything that I had down for notes too. Grimes, any final notes? Any any last conspiracies? Um, I, I don't really have any more conspiracies. I, my only final note that I didn't cover uh, was is pretty in-depth football, but I guess if the show turns away from football, it's not really that relevant. I, I, wa- I want to hear it. All right, well, so there was this study done with monkeys and... <laughs> Groups of monkeys that had like done certain things, like yeah, if they were yeah. really good at running through the obstacle course, let's say, and then they got old, like they would love watching the younger monkeys run through the same obstacle course and they would like root for the better ones. So it kind of is like this theory that if you've done something, then you like watching people do it. And I just think if you grow up, obviously you don't have to play football, but if you grow up liking football, it kind of sticks with you forever. And a lot of my friends are sort of evenly split. Like half of them couldn't tell you like the quarterback for the Steelers, the other half are diehard. So it's just interesting to me, again, this not being that much of a football show after this pilot apparently um, isn't that big of a deal. But I just got football as a kid. So anything football related, I'm at least going to view, probably enjoy, even though I sucked at it, but. I just enjoy it. That's all. That's my final conspiracy, a monkey study. <laughs> kind of, I'll, I'll go with a study too. We apparently both have studies this week. Uh, Pilot fo- study, dude. Yeah, that's right. Football. It's in the name. <laughs> football has seen ages 6 to 14 participation drop from 3 million in 2010 to 2.169 million just five years later, a 27.7% drop. 
and I think it's probably gone down from there. So again, we have football going out. We have this is kind of like one of the last um, really pure Texas football, we love football beacons in pop culture. Like I don't really consider like NFL and NCAA football to be pop culture. I don't really consider it in the same categories as shows and movies. And I can't think of like another, I can't think of another football piece of pop culture that really stands up to Friday night lights. I think it's the best and the most recent. I don't know. The the ESPN show. What was the ESPN show called? Ballers or no, that that's a, that's the rock show. Wasn't there like an ESPN show? There was, and I forget what it was called, but it was supposedly too good. And they took it off. They took it off the air. Like, the NFL didn't like some of the characterizations of uh, some of the characters. Um, yeah. So uh, let's wrap this one up. Deanna, big thanks to you for joining us. Yes. Thank you. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Where can they find your show and where can they find you on Twitter? I am at DChap on Twitter. That is with three E's because trying to find any variation of my name on Twitter is virtually impossible, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and for misaligned, if you guys go check out modern-vinyl.com and hit the little podcast tab, we will be right in there with this show, Pilot Study. That's right. Um, Grimes, where can they find you on Twitter and where can they find you in Texas? Uh, in Texas, I guess I would only be welcome in Austin. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's pretty true. <laughs> and on Twitter, I'm <laughs> underscore Grimes John. All right. And let's finish with a uh, New York Times review. In fact, if the season is anything like the pilot, this new drama about high school football could be great. And not just television great, but great in the way of a poem or painting, great in the way of art with a single obsessive creator who doesn't have to consult with a committee and has months or years to go back and and agonize, excuse me, over line breaks and the color red. We will leave you with a clip from next week's episode. We thank you for listening to Pilot Study. Welcome to the Hall of Fame, Friday Night Lights. We'll talk to you guys later. And that's the premise behind Pilot Study.